Late Scratches is the podcast that sports fans are talking about in the greater Fredericton area. Stories, features, and special guests are filling the gap for what's happening in your favorite sport around the region. If you want to advertise in this medium, now's your chance. You can sponsor a show or have a 15-second commercial on Late Scratches, your stop for Fredericton and area sports stories. Email latescratches at outlook.com for details. Hi and welcome to Late Scratches episode 20. It's February 13th. We're recording this one. I'm Bill Gibson here once again with my usual co-host Brad James. Brad, uh, it's good to have you back uh, on the podcast again. Two weeks in a row we've been together. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Between vacations and your traveling budget, uh, it's blowing the Late Scratches (laughs) traveling budget right out of the water. Can't keep up with you. It's a, it's a pretty low traveling budget. We're, we are in the ticket booth of the Grand Harvey Center. We are. Of all yeah. places. To I know. You never know where you're going to find us, that's no, for you, sure. You, you never know, and I'll let you introduce a guest yeah. as usual. So Megan Donahue Weiss is in town today in our uh, makeshift office. The new, can we still call you new? I think so. All right. Athletic Director at St. Thomas University. Welcome to Late Scratches. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And I know you're here to watch St. Thomas play tonight against uh, University de Moncton Aigles Bleu in women's hockey, first game of the playoffs, so I that's exciting. Very exciting, yeah. yeah. We'll go live with this, uh, or we'll release this after the score will probably be done by the time uh, this hits the airwaves, but still, uh, we're looking forward to it. Yeah, very yeah. much so. First Welcome. playoff game of the winter sports season, so Crazy. yeah. It is the most wonderful time of the year if you're a university sports fan, that's, that's for sure. Yeah, it's busy. You've been busy, Brad. I've been busy with everything that's, that's going on. As you know, most people know that we cover a lot of things here for St. Thomas. I'm at the court sports most of the time. Sometimes you're filling in for you and hockey. You're here women's hockey regularly. Absolutely. And uh, two coming off two really exciting games. It, I, I said during the last broadcast, I don't think I've ever had back-to-back 0-0 uh, games through regulation and overtime, so two shoot, uh, shootout games against UNB. That was exciting uh, with the win for Stu and, and a one nothing loss to UPEI on Friday. Um, so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to, 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 to this series because I think both teams, Moncton and Stu, match up very well. And the UNB game kind of didn't stay for all of it, but it felt like playoff hockey. Yeah, such a great crowd, a vocal crowd, and, and I've made fun of Fredericton fans a few times uh, for sitting on their hands a lot, uh, but it was loud, and uh, that, that was great to see in, in good numbers out to, that, uh, to, the, to the rivalry game. So, Megan, I think it was in this building that I met you officially for the first time. Yes. And I actually think it was a Battle of the Hill game. It was, And yeah. I remember you saying, I'm going to go talk to John Richard and find <laughs> out, you know, what I really should be doing in this role. Yeah. So you've been at this now four or five months. Three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah. Okay. It feels well, like about 10 years. It, but, yeah. it, uh, <laughs> it, it's, uh, how, how's it been? It's been so good. It's, it's just, yeah, I cannot say enough positive things about just how um, exciting it's been and how fun it's been. Mm-hmm just yeah it's crazy busy but I am having so much fun which is really great and we're doing a lot of very good work and the teams are doing amazingly and yeah I'm just really really happy to be back at St. Thomas and to be to be in this role. So when, when you first started I think it was the tail end of the soccer season yes. you were just off to to soccer nationals and player of the year. Yeah that was so amazing as well yes I started on a Wednesday on the Friday I left for Halifax for ACAAs and then the following week I flew out to Windsor Ontario for nationals because of course we're hosting this coming fall so I went there as future host and to accompany Josh Oaks as our CCAA player of the year first in program history not just soccer history but in in all of our sports so uh, pretty good way to start the job not that I had anything to do with it but it was very fun to celebrate with Josh and with the with the community yeah that's a that's a pretty good win to start out uh, you know national player of the year and uh, you know uh, going to nationals with the eye to hosting next fall uh, which I think will be right out here just yes. just uh, uh, in the fields here at Grand Harvey, whatever this is called, Scotiabank South, maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure how we, yeah, how we brand uh, how we brand the fields here anymore. But uh, yeah, so I think it's right out here. And that's next November. November, yes, November fifth to the 9th, twenty twenty four. Yeah, you've we'll got heaters on order, right? <laughs> yeah, we're we're <laughs> getting into the planning to to really understand exactly what it is that we that we'll need. We did host ACAA's there last year, which was of course two weeks prior to that, so not quite as chilly. So we'll see kind of how things go into November, but. I think it'll be, it's going to be a lot of fun. That's the amazing thing about where you, when you stepped in. It's not like it was April 1st and yeah. you've got, okay, I've got four months to figure out the, you know, the fall season and all that stuff. So 
how much catching up was it or did you say I'm going to try to roll the sleeves up and just jump into everything? Yeah, that's kind of by necessity. You know, you sort of had to just um, just roll with everything that was happening and do your best to kind of uh, drink from a fire hose <laughs> for sure. Um, but I mean, it's been, it's been really good. Like I was lucky to come into the position and, and be quite familiar with a lot of the people who are already involved, like the team, um, within the athletics department. Uh, I've got, you know, a long history with, with a few of them and same with a lot of the coaches I've been involved in, in many Canada games over the years. And, um, you know, a lot of those coaches have as well. So it was nice to kind of come in and, and already know quite a few of the people that I was working with, which helped a lot. Um, and then just, yeah, Mike has also, been incredibly helpful I've known Mike over the years as well so he reached out and I was like oh when can you come hang out with me <laughs> right. uh, so it's it's been really great to just kind of be welcomed into into the community and um, yeah do as best as I can in the short amount of time to to do exactly that roll up my sleeves and just get to work so you're a student at St. Thomas one day I was a go, yeah. a go. Oh, a go, yes. A go. Um, and it, it, it sounds like a little bit of a cliche, but I'm sure you never look back and look at the campus and said, one day I'll return and, and run this ship. Or, or did you have aspirations for that? I, I mean, no, not really. Um, it, it's funny because I ended up leaving and going to grad school out in British Columbia and then coming back and actually going to UMB. So I, w I was on the campus and then my first job out of my degree at UMB was also on campus. It was in the LB gym and then we moved over to the new Kin building. So for, you know, 10 years, 12 years after I left St. Thomas, I was just, just down the hill from Stu. So I'd look up the hill sometimes and reminisce, but um, not actually be on the Stu campus. And so when I got the job and uh, got to come back up the hill, it was nice to kind of drive all the way up. <laughs> and not stop at the bottom, but to drive up and kind of get that picturesque view of the right. university up at the top of the hill and, um, you know, step step onto campus and just kind of be thrown back 18-ish years. And, and it felt so familiar, but also so new, which was just really exciting. Do you mind if I ask why you opted or decided to apply for this position? Yeah, no, not at all. Um, I mean, there are, are very few jobs for those of us who work in the sport world, I think, that are at this level uh, that allow you to still stay local in your home um, and that bring this this kind of level of, um, of, of excitement to... Uh, to that side of sport. I had done quite a bit of work in the provincial national team area, and then I had moved on to the community level sport, working with the Fredericton District Soccer Association. And so university sport has sort of been the the one part of the system that I hadn't really been exposed to yet. So um, when the opportunity came up, it was honestly a no-brainer to, to try for it. It wasn't that I was unhappy where I was at the time, but um, you know, there are not a lot of these jobs and these opportunities don't come up very often. So it was, it was like just no question that I was going to try for it. And, and here we are, which is still kind of a keeps me a little bit in disbelief sometimes, yeah. but, um, you know, also feels like an eternity ago when I look back on, on that decision point and, uh, yeah, have, couldn't, couldn't be happier. Well, congratulations on that. I think it's a, a fantastic step for St. Thomas. So, oh, thank you so much. Uh, we'll be certain. And like Gibby said, you're right into soccer nationals, and, and not just nationals. I know that's where a spotlight goes, but, I mean, just every day today, whether it's at the O'Keefe Center for working out or whatever it is, there's a lot going on, isn't there? Yeah, oh, there's so much. Um, you know, this is probably the busiest month I've experienced yet with with all of the sports going on and with heading into playoffs for, uh, obviously, for hockey tonight and then uh, volleyball next weekend and basketball the weekend after. And then, of course, um, you know, all of the things that we have going on outside of the athletic side of things as well. Um, we're doing a lot of work on expanding, like you said, the things we do at the JBO and our recreational offerings for the broader campus community and the broader Fredericton community and trying to be really intentional on building out some of that side of things as well. Um, and then I've got a very long list of uh, what I'm calling my summer list. I'm a, a little bit delusional thinking I'm going to have a whole lot of time this summer to kind of dive into these um, bigger projects that I have, but things that I've just sort of noticed and sort of set to the side for when we do have a little more time to breathe um, that I'm really excited to get into just like policy stuff because I'm a big nerd and, you know, planning, of course, for nationals and um, some strategic planning for the bigger picture and just all kinds of nerdy, fun things like that. <laughs> Interesting. So you're you're in two conferences, yes. AUS, ACAA. That has to be busy just in itself. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, you know, one of the things that kind of happened within the first couple of months was conference meetings. So back to back one week, we were down in Halifax with the AUS folks. And the next week, we were in Sackville with the ACAA folks, which was really great to get a chance to meet everybody so so early on. And again, a lot of familiar faces around those tables as well, given um, given my background and, you know, some crossover in various areas. So that was nice and, and comfortable. Um, but it has been an interesting challenge, because obviously, those two conferences operate in, in different ways. And, um, you know, you have to understand kind of 
two sets of regulations and two sets of eligibility and two sets of, sets of um, you know, the financial requirements around um, athletic financial awards and, and all that. So uh, there's also been, you know, an interesting challenge that comes with kind of being in the both conferences at the same time. And another thing that I'm sure was very interesting over the last couple of weeks was the rescheduling issues uh, <laughs> around multiple sports based on the Nova Scotia storm. Yeah, um, I've got a little bit of history with rescheduling. There, we would have those kind of weekends come up or those times come up with FDSA where uh, you know you kind of had to frantically try to, to to rearrange things, but not ever to this scale. Um, I was actually here in this building when uh, the advisory for PEI became much more significant than we thought it was going to. We had already made the call on Nova Scotia because they were shutting down campuses. That was an easy call to make. And then at about, um, yeah, about six o'clock on, on that Friday, we were here at, at a hockey game and uh, I got a, a note from the, the AD in, in PEI and um, the coaches started calling and I started kind of tracking the weather a little bit. And I was like, oh, okay, this, this storm is a little more significant than we realized. Yeah, so let's let's have a look at things and start to pull the trigger on what it is we need to do. And um, I think we we came together as a team, which was great. We acted really quickly to be able to kind of um, mitigate as best we could. We moved some basketball games ahead. SJ was on a similar schedule to us trying to do the swing trip down to Nova Scotia. And so, you know, we both fully canceled our weekend. We figured, well, we were supposed to play the following Friday. We'll bump those early to Sunday so we can get that game out of the way, free up the weekend so we can travel, you know, starting to get a little bit strategic about things. Um, and I have to give credit to my basketball coaches on that one. That was their their idea, not mine. But um, just kind of executing and making that happen while honestly in the rink for most of that weekend because it was also our alumni weekend for women's hockey. Right. So we were we were around quite a bit at the hockey games and at the alumni events in the afternoon and stuff like that. So a bit of a bit of a wild weekend. Um, but, you know, you, you roll with the punches and you deal with the challenges as they, as they come up. And that's part of the fun of it is the, the problem solving and the putting the puzzle together. So. Mother nature remains undefeated, right? Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. and, and part of that puzzle is beyond just, hey, we want to play the game here. It's can we get a bus? Can we get uh, officials? Can we get all the people that we need to work? Can we games? get you to come yeah, to our yeah. games? Can can, get, yes. Can, yeah. Are we available? Like, <laughs> all of those things go into when something is rescheduled. It, it sounds like it's an easy thing just to take a game and, and, and move it. It's not really. It's not. It's quite, quite a complex process for sure. But, um, you know, again, all in, all in good fun. So <laughs> we, were, we were lucky with the way that it worked out. It actually ended up being okay in the grand scheme of things we were able to to reschedule in a way that was not too disruptive for the athletes and uh fairly successful within the grander scheme of that of that uh schedule with very few weeks left in the season so it did end up being all right and we just uh, hope it doesn't happen too too much moving forward but <laughs> I, I thought it was great at the at the rink last week with i, th I think i counted 35 alum uh, yeah. hockey players which is a big number i was like wow and they had a skate i think on saturday and um how active is the stew alum uh, overall, is that something that can increase or can you shed a little bit of light on that? Yeah, it seems like it varies a little bit from sport to sport um, for a variety of factors, right? Like, you know, when you have a, a team like the women's hockey team who has been under the same coach for 22 years, it's it's a little bit kind of easier to get a larger, a, a longer history of people come together because, you know, they've, they've all played under Peter and um, it was actually supposed to be 40, but the weather got in the way a little bit for <laughs> some of those people coming here. But, um, you know, we've had, uh, I've been lucky to be part of the volleyball alumni weekend as well basketball happened before I started there was a, a soccer alumni weekend as well for I think the first time back in the fall before I started so really looking forward to building on that I've had a lot of great conversations with Wanda Barristow who's our alumni relations officer um, up at St. Thomas um, a lot of good conversations with alumni as well um, you know I'd like to do quite a bit on alumni engagement for uh, for a lot of reasons, you know, it's there's it's it's still community. Um, it's so good for our current student athletes to hear from our past student athletes and have that opportunity for mentorship and guidance. And then also on the career side of things, right? Like as they start to think about their lives after St. Thomas and their lives after sport, um, you know, what what is that going to look like? There's there's nothing better than a good network to help with that. So I think there's lots of room to to kind of work strategically to to engage the alumni a little bit more. And that is real, isn't it? Whether it's a hockey player that's graduating and somebody that has their own business may say, yeah you know what come work for me or, or at least get started or point in that right direction yeah oh absolutely yeah in um in one of my previous jobs I did quite a quite a lot of work around athlete wellness with national team athletes and a big part of that was talking about um athlete transition so transition to their careers after sport and and what that would look like and you know the unique challenges that come with that and and a lot of the advice that we would give would 
to be proactive about it, right? To try to plan it at the same time that you're doing your, your sport career so that you can be a little bit more ready. And a big part of what that planning was and what that proactivity was, was making those connections and, you know, building out that network because it can be as easy as, as, you know, as that is, is stepping out of, of the student athlete role and start making some calls to the people that you've been able to meet along those four or five years. And, um, it can certainly help with that, with that transition piece for sure. Let's go into that athlete wellness bit of it. I know, Brad, we've talked a lot on the podcast about, you know, abusive officials and behavior of coaches, behavior of fans. I don't know that we've touched on athlete wellness. Sort of Marginally, at, but certainly not to the at, extent, at yeah. So talk to us a bit about athlete wellness. That has to be a big part. Oh, yeah. How much role. time do you have? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely is. It's a big part of the role, and I think room for it to be a, a bigger part. Um I was I was part of a, a, a um, program called Game Plan, which is national, Canada's national athlete wellness program for um, driven by the COC and and delivered for uh, Olympic and Paralympic athletes um, throughout Canada, and that was really sort of one like ahead of of its kind within within the country or sorry within the world really um and did some really great things and uh, I learned a lot from going through that process and got to do some unique professional development as well for example I took um a certificate in mental health and elite performance athletes through the IOC so got in, started to get into some of the kind of unique challenges that are faced by athletes and um I think there's just so much so much that can be done because it is it's it's a tall order to be an athlete to step into that role at a performance level to be asked to represent your country or your institution. Um, and then also, you know, for a student athlete to be a student, you know, you're, you're student first. Um, that's, you're there to get your education. You're there to work on that. But the balance of those things can be incredibly challenging and the demands, the unique demands that are put onto student athletes because of just how much they have going on, um, it can be pretty extreme. So I think there's um, lots of room for us to do some some interesting and unique things. I've, I've met with the folks at student services I met with our mental health coordinator uh, we have a student success coach on on um, on staff at St. Thomas who I'm, I'm hoping to meet with to talk about um, again some some of the unique considerations for being a student athlete and then putting some just elevating some of the programs that already exist for students to take a bit of the sport kind of edge um, onto th onto the the programs and um, make them a little bit more relevant to to the student athlete population. Um, it's, it's just so important. You know, these athletes give so much to the community and they give so much to St. Thomas and, uh, you know, the more that we can do to kind of support them. And it also helps with performance, right? A balanced athlete is a better performing athlete. The, uh, the research is very in depth that shows that proves that and shows that. So, um, all, all good reasons to, to kind of do a little bit more in that area and support our, our, our athletes from a holistic perspective, no bad reasons. I think the, the lights come on at 6.30, the team, like, for instance, the hockey game tonight, the, the women come out at 6.30, face-offs at 7 o'clock, and, and game's over at quarter after 9, barring overtime. But there's so much that goes on to that. They're waking up in the morning, maybe they have a, a paper to write, or maybe there's uh, whatever's going on in their lives. And I think we tend to forget that because we're just looking at the results of the game. But uh, so I, I'm fascinated by it uh, in terms of the attention that it, uh, that mental health is now starting to receive because I'm showing my age, but it was a stigma to say I think I'm, I'm struggling, uh, you know, as, as an athlete back in the day. Who could you talk to? And now there are resources. Do you find athletes are starting to take? I don't want to I don't want to use the word advantage, but there are certain skill sets on your staff that that uh, do, do you find the athletes are saying I'm not scared to approach somebody now. Yeah, I mean, I think there's just a shift in the culture across all sport, really, um, as we talk about better awareness of, of again, unique mental health challenges, um, as we start to talk more about safe sport issues and things like that. Um, there's there's sort of this more open dialogue, I think, that is a part of the sport culture um, within, within university sport and within performance sport in general, which I think is incredibly helpful. And it's also, I think, a bit of a generational thing as well, right? Like, um, you know, the, the kids these days also showing my age, I guess, but, um, you know, just a little more willing to kind of be open and to, to, you know, talk about the things that they're dealing with and maybe not necessary, necessarily help seeking behavior, but at least that openness and that dialogue opens the door to kind of lead to that help seeking behavior. And so I think if we can be a little bit proactive and a little bit intentional about some of those resources within the department, uh, that combined with that level of openness that we see amongst, um, amongst student athletes and amongst young adults these days is, is going to be incredibly helpful. So I hope anyway. You, you hit upon another buzzword or buzz phrase that I had written down here, and it's more than just a buzz phrase. It's an actual thing. Safe sport. Yeah. Uh, tell us about safe sport and what role safe sport 
has at St. Thomas and in athletics overall? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I actually, uh, I, 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 I teach as well. Um, and I do a course on programming for safe sport and programming for EDI. And I talk about them as um, trends, but it, they're not trends. They're contemporary issues that are not going anywhere, right? Like safe sport is not going away. Um, it's one of, I think, one of the most important conversations that's happening in sport right now. And uh, one of the things that's on my on my summer list <laughs> to dive in a little bit more to kind of some of the policies and, and procedures that we have in place at St. Thomas. But um, safe sport is fundamentally at its core about the prevention of maltreatment in sport. So that's across all athletes coaches, officials, you know, it, it's, it's for everyone. It's meant to protect everyone. Um, and I think that uh, a lot of the work that's going into some of these policies around clarity of the expected behaviors and the things that just are not acceptable anymore within the, uh, the UCMS or the Universal Code of Conduct for Maltreatment and Support um, is, uh, you know, to have that sort of guideline now is, is very clear. Some things that have been embedded in culture like hazing is is not okay but you know there's this really long culture um especially in certain sports of that being completely acceptable so you know there's some work to be done on clarifying what those behaviors are and making sure that people are bought into the idea of what is and is not acceptable and so we're looking forward to doing that work moving forward um and then uh, just, you know, making sure that we have all the all the proper mechanisms in place that we need around uh, reporting and, and, you know, dealing with any kind of complaints that come in and things like that. There's uh, lots of unique challenges at the university sport level because a lot of our athletes are adults. Some are still minors. So, you know, there's certain like legal issues that, that are all things that we need to consider. And so um, lots of room to do a lot of work and, and looking forward to do it. I think actually at the conference meeting for the ACAA, I put my hand up to help and may have been deemed the safe sport officer for the ACAA. <laughs> Um, but <laughs> yeah, down, I did not learn that lesson quickly <laughs> enough. Um, but it's, it's an area that I've, I've done quite a bit of work in and, um, I'm, I'm really passionate about because I think, I think we've gone through a, a period where, um, sport, especially performance sport can be a breeding ground for maltreatment, right? It, it, it's, it's been that way for a really long time at the national team level. And it's just, it's so refreshing that people are willing to share their stories now and that we're having these conversations and we're starting to come to this kind of sea change of, of, of understanding around what is and is not okay. And, and the role that sport, the positive role that sport can play in a person's life. And I think it's just really important that we make sure that we have everything in place that we can, um, you know, make sure that all of our student athletes and everyone participating in, in our sport programs can, can benefit in that way. So, how much, sorry, Gibby, sorry. how much has coaching changed? And I don't want to say the last five years, uh, there, there's more uh, focus, I guess, on coaches with, you know, are they too hard on athletes? Um, is that a two-way street? Uh, it can be frustrating to coach. It can be rewarding to coach, uh, all of that stuff. But has it changed the mindset, do you think, for coaches, uh, especially some that have been around, say, 25 years or more? Yeah, I mean, I think it necessarily has to, right? Again, as, as we start to have these conversations and that the dialogue is a little more open and a little more understanding about, like you said, what, what is and is not acceptable, um, you kind of have to you know, keep up or, or move on. Right. It's, uh, and uh, like, we've been very lucky in that way. We've got some coaches who have been around for a very long time who I think have been ahead of the game on a lot of this stuff. Right. It's, it's not this old school mentality is, is held by every coach ever. And I think we've got some very progressive coaches who, who have been coaching for, you know, 10, 20 years within St. Thomas programs. And so we're in a, in a good position, I think, to kind of, um, really continue to move this forward. But yeah, like fundamentally the nature of maybe not the nature of coaching has changed. Like coaching is still coaching, but um, the way we talk about approach, the way we talk about coaching philosophy, the way we talk about, um, you know, individualized needs from our players, things like that. Um, I think that, that, that there's been a, a shift in, in that area and, and all for the better. Okay. So I just want to circle back on the safe sport thing mm -hmm. just for a second, because I know not everyone is aware about that. Whether you're an athlete at St. Thomas any other institution, any other sport that you play. Safe sport, is a, it's a national thing. It applies to all things. So if you are having issues, uh, and I'll just leave issues as a broad open term, there is a mechanism that you can reach out through safe sport. Yes. So if you are an athlete and you are having 
you know, um, anything. Reach it, look up Safe Sport. Yes. Uh, I'll just leave it at that, and, and you may be able to expand on that a little better than I did. There. Yeah. So there's actually a national hotline um, operated by the uh, the Office of the Sport Integrity Commissioner OSIC. We love our acronyms in sport. Um, so there is like a one eight hundred number basically available to anybody who who needs advice in this area or potentially wants to file start the process of trying to file a, a complaint or a claim um, for for maltreatment. Um, but I mean, I think the the best the best thing that you can do as anyone involved in sport is understand what what is and is not okay, right? There is this sort of um, agreed to accepted uh, charter of behaviors now in the UCCMS and understanding kind of what maltreatment looks like. I mean, a, a lot of us probably grew up involved in sport, um, experiencing things that we thought we're okay. And now that we're getting into this, we, we realize we're not. And so, you know, I really, my, my hope for any athlete or coach or volunteer, anyone coming up through the system now is that, um, you know, that awareness comes a little bit earlier and that, uh, that they do know that those mechanisms are in place and that they can, um, can use them and that, uh, that, sport sport should be a safe welcoming inclusive place and uh that everyone has the right to that so um so yeah you safe sport osic um true sport guides a lot of the principles um the sport dispute resolution um, mechanisms that are in place for the SDRCC. There's there's all kinds of different kind of avenues to take here in New Brunswick. There's uh, a New Brunswick safe sport dispute recon- safe sport dispute resolution mechanism through Sport New Brunswick that provincial sport organizations can can use. There's all all kinds of things have been done um, over the last few years to kind of develop out these systems so that we can make sport a place that is safe and comfortable and that people can thrive in. All right, well, I'm going to change gears here now, if that's okay. Um, Shifting up or shifting down? uh, I think into third or fourth gear. (laughs) All right. Um, So you've got a couple coaching hires coming up. Coach McKay, volleyball, his last uh, home games here coming up up this weekend. And I believe women's rugby is – is open or just closed? Will be, well? yeah. Will be open, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so Don it was one of the first things he told me when I when I sat down with him when I first started. I was like, "Are you sure, though?" And he was very sure. I also I know Nancy quite well. I know his wife quite well, and do some work with her. And she was also sure. So, um, it was it was it was time. Um, so that he'll he's leaving some big shoes to fill for sure. So yeah, Sunday, uh, this. This coming Sunday will be his last home game, so um, everybody should come out. It's 12 for the men, 2 for the women, so the, the women are actually the second game this nice. Sunday. Uh, we'll be kind of honoring Don and, and the contributions that he made to St. Thomas over the last 10 years. Um, just an incredible man, an incredible human being. One of those coaches that I was kind of saying, like, progressive with the coaching philosophy and the culture that he sets and, you know, understanding that sport is a a place for good. Um, So yeah, he'll leave some big shoes to fill for sure. We had that job posted. It closed last Friday. So I'm just in the process now of filtering through some applicants and and starting to reach out to candidates to kind of um, have some conversations, uh, likely when the volleyball season ends. So in a couple weeks, because things are a little busy right now. Um, And then yes, our our women's rugby coach, Rebecca Baker, did uh, step back from her position as well. It's, It's a tall ask for our coaches. There's a lot involved in the things that they do and and Becca's got a lot of other things going on in her life right now so we've um in the in the interim we've named uh an interim head coach just to kind of get us through to the the end of the off season with the rugby season not sort of starting you know them being in off season right now um and then likely going through uh, a process this summer or spring I guess it was just sort of one one thing at a time was kind of the approach for that so um but yeah some some big shoes to fill all around but looking forward to getting you know more people involved in the programs and and it takes a pretty special individual to be a coach at St. Thomas well at at the ACAA level because these are not full-time coaching they are not roles these are people that have full-time other jobs in most cases yeah Uh, I think I think coach McKay's retired and and but that's a, you know, <laughs> these are people that, that have or have had, you know, full-time jobs on top of being a coach. Yeah, it's it's incredible the things that these coaches do for that very reason. Like, they, they are not full-time employees, and I think a lot of people don't quite understand that um, because it's it's different at a lot of, uh, you know, like AUS schools, for example, or, or some of the other, other conferences. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, the, the hours that they put in – 
I, I wish I could give them so, so much more <laughs> for yeah. the things that they do for us. Um, but we are so lucky to have the group of people that we do who are committed to our programs and who are so passionate about what they do and about fostering, you know, these student athletes' lives and, um, you know, the fostering the programs and just building towards uh, performance and just in general building towards creating better people, you know, through the role that they play in, in coaching at St. Thomas. We're very, very lucky to have the people that we do involved. So let's let's look at some of the teams going to playoffs here. Now yeah. we talked about women's hockey. Yes. Uh, that's pretty exciting. Uh, game going on here very shortly here. But I'm, as we talked off the top, but I'm this is posted. We'll know the results of game one, game two, Friday in Moncton. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it would be back here on Sunday. That's what I love about playoffs, uh, if, if necessary. Yeah, I if love necessary, those two right. words, yeah. if necessary. Um, so women's hockey, really, really, really strong first half. Uh, not quite the same level of results on the on the win column in the second half, but still pretty strong. Finish fourth, home ice in the opening round of the playoffs after not making the playoffs last year. That's big improvement. That's a big improvement. Yeah. And, and still a young club. Yes, yeah, very much so. Yeah, a, a young club. We've got, you know, we did grad night over the weekend. We've got a couple who are leaving us, but not too many, which is nice, and, and some who may be leaving but hoping to come back. So we'll see what happens there. And I know Peter's got a, a good um, class of recruits coming in as well. So we'll have, a, you know, like you said, a, 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 an even more developed team, I think, because it is still a relatively young squad for next year. But getting ahead, oh, sorry, getting ahead of myself, let's, let's focus on tonight and yes. go kind of piece by piece. Um, but but no, it's it's been really great to watch them, um, you know, to just keep the battle, to persevere, right? Because it hasn't been, I think, the easiest second half for sure. But so many of these games going to overtime and so many games going to shootouts and um, just really, really closely contested battles, which I think has been, um, even when it doesn't go our way, really great to kind of see the girls persevere and, and to cap that off with with the shootout win on, on Saturday night that secured home ice advantage was just, you know, you couldn't write the ending of the season any better, I think, of the regular season. And from a logistics standpoint, drawing U to M, your second closest rival, <laughs> you know, not your cross-town UNB yeah. <laughs> rival, that has to help from a from a scheduling and making things work perspective. Is you're not worried about going to to Saint Avex, yeah, uh, on a you know on a Wednesday night or whatever it might be. Sure, Dow and Saint Mary's saying the same thing. Right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, proximity is pretty good for that first round. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's interesting. Um, so UNB and Saint Avex are playing tonight. They're right. playing their last regular season game tonight. They were able to kind of delay that uh, reschedule because of the bye. And depending on the outcome of that game. It'll also determine potential second round matchups, which right. also could be, is it, is it all New Brunswick? Is it all Nova Scotia? Who, who knows what'll happen? So, um, you know, it's, it's also an inter- interesting game to follow, but uh, I mean, regardless of, it's, it's not about how easy it is logistically right. for, for no. me, you know, no. it's, it, it helps for sure. And it's, it's, it's about how much easier it is for the girls, honestly, you know, they don't have to travel as far. Um, they don't have to miss as much time in school, which is always really helpful. Um, and, uh, you know, and it's, it's just, it's familiar because they're still just within, within the province. And so I think it, uh, yeah, it went, it went well the way that it did and it, uh, being able to host on a Tuesday to not have to travel, that's an advantage for us, I think. And then, um, heading away on a Friday and then coming back on a Sunday like it actually the schedule panned out pretty well I think and, and hopefully we'll um, sorry Sunday if needed um, and uh, we'll, we'll hopefully lend itself to, to the girls performance yeah and it's a pretty good matchup as well like the mm-hmm. games with UDM have been close yes yeah they uh, have I think it was 3-1 in favor of Monkbin but two of those could have went the other way real easy yeah, at uh, least one of them was also a shootout yeah, I think one of them yeah it was also a shootout <laughs> yeah. as well so um, that that will be a good matchup uh, on to volleyball because that's the next uh, set of playoffs. Yep. Uh, the women right now look like they're in a pretty good spot for playoffs with a few matches left. Uh, the men are locked into a playoff spot already. I think the men are locked into playing Hong Kong College. I in fact, so, if yeah. I if I know my volleyball standings <laughs> a, a little bit, um, and they're in St. John. Yes. Uh, so that's going to be an interesting uh, playoff there as well. Um, they got Holland College in town this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. On the men's volleyball side. Yeah, yeah, and played them twice last week as well. Yes. So we're kind of finishing out the season uh, with Holland, and then we'll we'll look to play them again. Uh, like you said, I'm testing my kind of crunching the numbers as well. I, I think you're right. I think we sort of locked up that uh, that um, semifinal matchup against Holland. So we'll be looking to to see that next next Saturday, the men go on Saturday. And then, uh, yeah, we'll be paying attention to what happens for, for the women. There's a couple of a couple of games happening, um, one tonight that could be impactful, and then a couple more this weekend. Uh, but, you know, it's uh, looking looking really good. And after the game that they played uh, last weekend um, against uh, 
against SJ. They just they just looked so good and like things had really clicked it was yeah i've never seen them play that well it uh it was amazing to see the energy in that building was just incredible it was so exciting so um yeah i mean they're 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 motivated they're gelling and it's really exciting to watch so looking forward to to the games this weekend and and again that uh that sunday game to be able to celebrate dawn as well and uh to use that as an opportunity to clinch a playoff spot which just again can't can't write this stuff right it's 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 great to see uh, and basketball playoffs are the week after in Charlottetown. So yes. a couple more, uh, well, four more basketball games to go, three of them at home, including mm-hmm. tomorrow evening against Crandall, mm-hmm. uh, another interprovincial rival, then on the road to MSVU, mm-hmm. uh, and then back hosting Mount A and Holland College again. Yes. It seems that the men uh, or the basketballers end with Holland College in the last four or five years. It oh, seems, okay. seems to be tradition here to, to start with Mount A and end with Holland College. Mm-hmm. Might just be the way the schedule's worked out, but it seems to, since I've been involved, that's that's the way I think it's happened. Um, men's team, I think up to seventh today I saw nationally. Yep. Um, up one bit from, of a bounce from, back. from eight, yeah. bit of a bounce back. <laughs> I thought they dropped a bit far after one loss, which mm-hmm. looked worse on paper than it really was, because mm-hmm. St. John is good yeah. um, around that. And they and, played very well that game. And they played very well that game. Um, and uh, the basketball women, uh, they're locked into a playoff spot as well. It's just a matter of, of where and who, sort of what, mm-hmm. where they fall. Um, but two teams that are sort of very different. That men's team, they could easily, like, they're, they're one of the favorites to win it all. And the women's team, very young. Mm-hmm. Um, and still, uh, you know, still could shock can, us all. Still could shock us all, right? Yeah. Like, there's, there's nobody when you look at that women's ACAA that you say, Wow, they're the clear-cut favorite to win, and that's the results have shown that mm-hmm. over the last number of weeks. MSVU, who was number one, went on the road and lost twice, mm-hmm. um, including at Holland College, where the ACAAs will be played. Mm-hmm. So, um, to me, that is wide open on the women's side. There are so many. It, it, you make that tournament, you know, if you have to play three games, it's tough. But if you're one of those top four, I think you give yourself a really, really good shot at that. That buy, you know, that buy makes yeah. a big difference. Um, we, we saw that even the Maritime Women's Association, yeah, right. that Port City had to play three games in a weekend, and by the time they got to the end of the third, pretty it gassed. was pretty tough. Yeah. Um, so Kelly Kilpatrick was wearing that a little bit. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, That's for sure. Um, I, so I the, should note Eric Moffat just come in. That's the quietest <laughs> I've ever heard him. He didn't say a word. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so that's a first. That is a first, Megan. I've never seen Eric Moffat <laughs> in a room not talking. Anyway, continue, Gibby. Um, so, yeah, so looking forward to the basketball playoffs as well. Yeah, very much so. Um, you know, after they were on the road this weekend for some of those makeup games down to UKC and – Again, like, I don't know what it was about Saturday. Some Like, we went five for five on Saturday. It was a great day. Um, the women looked so good against against UKC, against a very tough team in yes. UKC. Um, you know, they, they've, been, they've been playing for a while now with nine players. They're, they're rotating a pretty small group right now. Um, and like you said, a, a young team. But, man, oh, man, did they gel on, on Saturday. And, uh, you know, in talking to, talking to Fred a little bit um, since then, just sort of the – I think the – Again, they're excited. Um, they feel that I think that they've sort of like popped and, and clicked a little bit, which which is just so great and uh, exciting to see what they'll do over the next couple weekends leading into uh, into Holland. And uh, yeah, same with the men. Um, very exciting to to watch them as well. And and I think uh, you know, in in talking with John, I think from day one, it's sort of been like this is it. This is like, we're, we're, we're doing it this year. So it's exciting to kind of watch them work towards the, towards it, that it goal. It is exciting to watch them work. But then when you look at the standing, you think, boy, they've got four games to go. And although they're the one that's highest nationally ranked, they're still not guaranteed a bond nope, yet. Like, nope, they've they're got not. a lot of work to do. That's good. Next, that's good the on the league. Games, which is I mean, great on the league. Like it's, yes. the, the ACA this year has been amazing. Yeah, just, so just, much parody. Yeah. Absolutely amazing across all, all the sports that I've been involved in. And you must, as AD, Megan, like, if you're not at the game, you must be on your phone like, okay, what's the update of the latest score? Tell me how that's changed. I, I know you're a sports <laughs> fan going into this, but now you've got how many teams to cheer for, right? Oh, all the teams, yeah. <laughs> um, I actually I haven't missed a home game yet. Uh, my, my goal with, with this season, at least, was to, to be at every one that I could be. I shouldn't say I haven't missed one yet. I missed a couple when I was away at Soccer Nationals. Um, I'll miss the last weekend of volleyball, or sorry, of basketball, because I'll be at Volleyball ACAA, so all for good reason. Right. But um, I've, I've been to, to every other home game, and like it's it's been a bit of an adjustment at home. <laughs> um, yeah. I do bring my daughter to quite a few of them. She's turned into quite the little Tommy's fan. She's got 
all the gear. She's got a she's future, future. She's seven. seven. She's got a future future Tommy's sweater or shirt that she wears. She's very excited about the basketball game tomorrow night. Um, got all the high fives from the girls on Saturday night down the tunnel and just couldn't even deal with it. It's so cute. Um, so that's been really nice. And, and shout out to my husband for kind of holding it down at home for sure because it's been, um, you know, it's it's a lot of a lot of time in the gym um, in the rink, which. I mean, I just love sports. There's, uh, if I'm not at the game, I am at the game and often also on my phone. Um, right. I've had a lot of people kind of tap me on the shoulder and be like, oh, is you're watching on the phone and you're here. This like me with my kids. Do you have kids who are playing? I was like, oh, no, no, this is my job. Like, <laughs> this is, right. I get to That's do this for do. work. Like, how cool yeah. is that? So um, it's been, yeah, it's been so nice. And I just, I, I got so deeply invested so quickly, which I mean, is going to happen anyway, but um, it's, it's been yeah, it's been, I'm just a sports junkie. So it's so, so nice that this is a part of the job. It's, I feel so grateful. How did that happen growing up? Why sports? What, what drew you? Tell me a little bit about your background that way. That got you oh, so that's a good question. Um, I mean, my earliest sport memory, and I don't know if it's an actual memory or if it's just one that's been told to me enough, but Elizabeth Manley winning the silver medal in the 88 Calgary Olympics, I would have been four years old uh, and had just started skating. So I was a figure skater growing up. So this was a very formative moment for me. I actually met Elizabeth at a conference um, a few years into my career and just fangirled so hard and told her this story and just felt like such a nerd about it. But, um, you know, it's it's... It didn't take long after that moment, I don't think. Uh, another very formative moment was watching Joe Carter and the Blue Jays, also a big baseball fan, played softball growing up. Um, you know, there's just there's just those moments, right? There's just this power that sport has, and I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. Again, I'm such a sports nerd. It's terrible or awesome, depending on how you look at it, I guess. Um, so it's just, it's just, it has this power to kind of... Uh, bring this emotion and you know it reminds me of, of my relationships like figure skating with my mom and baseball with my dad and you know um like playing with my my, my siblings growing up and it's just yeah it's just it's been a constant you know when I when I went to Stu I um I actually studied neuropsychology so I did the most sciencey degree I could at a liberal arts university uh and then ended up moving out west for for my master's in human neuropsychology so I was not even on a track to, to work in sport but um that did not really pan out quite the way that I was wanting it to and I had a bit of what I call my quarter life crisis and I was like oh my god what do I love I need to figure out what I love and turn it into a job and you just you come back to sport right like sport was such a constant growing up um, be it playing it or watching it or um, coaching you know and uh, it, it was like okay well let's, let's turn sports into a job let's figure this out so I came back to do kind of the sport management degree and and again just haven't really looked back and feel so grateful like honestly I know I've said that a couple of times but I am so grateful to work in such um, a, an exciting industry a dynamic industry and one that just means so much to me. Well I applaud you for wanting to to pursue what you love because it can be easy to graduate settle into your life of whatever it is you're selling doing making whatever uh and then all of a sudden say well I'm, you know 40 years in i didn't really enjoy my career but it sounds like you're you're really jumping into this and, and finding that niche yeah it, it was not easy that's for sure yeah. hardest decision of my life um definitely uh but you know you go through adversity and you come out on the other side for the better. So um, it also makes for a nice little story when I'm talking to athletes about transition and about, you know, you can start your life later. Like you're not behind just because you did something else for a little while and you can always, always change your mind. It's never too late. So it's nice to kind of have that personal anecdote to share. I think it gives me a little bit of clout when I'm actually saying those things. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it was, it was hard to do, but so so happy that I did it's been uh, an incredible I guess 09 is when I started my my education in uh, in sport management so 15 years now it's an incredible 15 years and the experiences that I've gotten to have and the things that I've gotten to do it's just oh yeah you're making me emotional just like <laughs> looking back and reflecting oh, and no, it's, it's, get, get yeah, it's so too, so nice yeah <laughs> but um, it, it, tell me this like as a 22 year old athlete male or female the world is their oyster type thing but it can be a very confusing time too because if you're growing up as an athlete and then become a student athlete. That's all you've known, and all yeah. of a sudden, boom, it's done, and that that departure from sports. So, is it is it, uh, and and maybe five years from now you'll have better experience, you know, working with students. But do you think there's too much? I want to use the word pressure because I think it's an overused word. But I've got to succeed right now at 22. Like I need to be doing that job that's going to give me the cottage and the nice car. Mm -hmm. Is that more pipe dream, or is it? Uh, I mean, there's never been more opportunity for stuff. Mm -hmm but a lot of people don't find their way at 22 or 23. Yeah, and I mean, I think that idea can be like doubly challenging for student athletes because exactly what you said, like it's what they've known, you know, it's 
it's so tied to their identity, right? Like I, I talk about starting skating when I was three. And even when I left skating, I didn't skate at a particularly high level. I, I walked away when I was about 17 so that I could, you know, start working to make money for college. Um, I, that I struggled with not being, oh, hi, I'm Megan. I'm the figure skater, right? And, um, you know, there's a, a grief process involved with kind of letting go of that, that part of your identity and not that you necessarily have to, but to not be doing it at that, that high level anymore. And, and of course, some of our student athletes will continue with their sports in, in whatever um, capacity and potentially at a, at a higher level of performance, but um, not, not all of them will. And so um, kind of dealing with that loss and that grief that comes with that kind of not knowing who you are as a person and then also being expected to figure out your entire life. Um, that's not realistic at all, I don't think. And so when I, coming back to kind of what I was saying about some some resources and some programming that I'd like to put in place, like that would be one of those things would be um, to kind of talk to uh, our student athletes about what that, what that transition can look like and what those expectations are. And, and one of those areas where I think the alumni can be so, so helpful in that in sharing their experiences and, and showing that you don't have to have it all figured out. And yes, this is going to be hard, but like you will find your way. Well, it's interesting because Ashley Bond, who played, was a star at Stu and is on the coaching staff of the women's basketball team. And she used that term to me, grieving, because uh, our youngest daughter has finished her basketball career. And that's what Ashley said. It's, you know, you're so identified. And the word struck me really strongly like mm-hmm. grieving is a powerful word but that's what she said you, the loss of identity a little bit and then try to find that next step so amazing amazing conversation to have yeah yeah and and a hard one like yeah. it is a hard one but again that idea of open dialogue and the resources that are in place and the shifting culture, you know, all of this contributes to, I think, um, being able to better support our student athletes because we, we have a better understanding now of, of, you know, what people are dealing with and, um, you know, what, what those impacts actually are. So, um, yeah, it is, it's, it's powerful for sure. And not always in a super positive way. Um, you know, but being able to be in a, in a position where I can potentially help with that is, you know, I'm honored and, and very excited to be able to do that work. We're all going to be emotional here in a second. <laughs> change the subject, Gibby. Yeah, I'm about to change the subject. I've got a couple, uh, couple maybe still heavy topics, but not sort of heavy in the same way. So if we haven't already touched on it, what do you consider the most critical aspect of your role? Oh, oh my gosh. It feels like everything right now just because it's been so much in so short a time. But, I mean, I think so much of it just fundamentally, fundamentally comes down to um, – providing a quality experience and developing good people, be it through sport, through recreation, through community. I think, you know, that's a, it's a pretty broad statement, but if, uh, if I can kind of ground everything in one thing, I think that's what it is, is just making sure that people are, um, you know, better for having had their experience at St. Thomas and, and any way we can contribute to that through sport, through recreation and through community, I think is, is vital. Okay, uh, and I'll move on to the next one, and you don't have to tell us everything that's in your summer to-do list, <laughs> but your folders, but I'm guessing that one of them has got to do with the LB gym and the looming closure of the pool. Yeah, I mean, how looming is that really? I feel like I hear different different numbers every single day, but um, no, it's been in the back of my head since the job ad got posted, I think, is what are we going to do about the LB gym? Um it's some of it is above me for sure but uh you know looking into kind of what what options are and what timelines might have to be um and just you know making the situation that we have right now the best that we have the best that we can for for the athletes and um the coaches and kind of doing a little bit of work with some of the space that we do have down there to to enhance that to um just you know keep keep it rolling at a high level for as long as we have that building and then starting to that has to be figure a hard, things a hard out decision to make like do you do you spend a little bit of money down there to make it better where you know in a two years time it could be well oh, sorry anything it's, that's movable is yeah, is a, movable a lot is, more justifiable yes. investment i think yeah, so, so uh, yeah. i just want them to build you a nice quality press box there again right. yeah. <laughs> just a chair that's a little more comfortable we actually had be, that conversation last week yeah eric and i talked about that yeah that's good um, I remember Eric taking a tumble over the table and down the stairs there oh uh, one time a year or two ago. And it was it was one of the funniest things that I've ever seen. But it was also like he could have really been hurt. Yeah. Right? Um, he's just trying to do too many things at, all at one time. What? No. Eric Can't never. imagine Eric, Eric doing that. Sorry, Eric. I had to tell that little, tell that little story. Um, so we're at about the 45 to 50 wow. minute mark. So we'll I'll take a run fast. through. Yeah. 
uh, sort of everything that's going on. And then we always finish with a short snappers uh, segment with our guests. Uh, so four or five questions, uh, just a quick answer. And if you're still around, Brad, uh, you can ask a few of those as well. So sure. start thinking about those and I'll give you a pen if you want to. No, uh, I have one. To, to, oh, got I never have a pen made. You never have a pen. So we always start with a league whose name I absolutely hate, NBP, I Major U18 Hockey League. Uh, nothing going on until the 24th and 25th uh, with a local team, the Caps. Uh, NB Southern Senior Hockey League, uh, St. John at Grand Lake uh, on the 17th. It's uh, the only one that I can find on the schedule there. Uh, Fredericton Red Wings are on the road a couple times and then back uh, Monday the 19th at 2 o'clock right here in this building. Uh, and Friday the 23rd uh, also in the building Saturday the 24th. So takes you through the next week or so there. Uh, Stu Women's Hockey we've talked about, uh, Moncton here tonight, uh, in Moncton on Friday if necessary back here on the Sunday uh, and then round two will come after that hopefully. Um, UNB Women's Hockey they're playing X tonight to determine first place. They're a buy into the semifinal so they'll await uh, some winners. Uh, UNB Men's Hockey how about, how about that? Okay. Crazy. Amazing. Uh, 30 and 0 regular season. Congratulations to Gardner and, and his program and <laughs> And I'm sure you've spent time with Gardner in your past. I mean, he is just this amazing personality. When I was president of basketball in New Brunswick, and we were preparing for nationals one year, we brought Gardner in as a motiv guest motivational mm -hmm. speaker. And some of these, you know, basketball coaches like, hey, bring in a hockey guy in for this. And he just took the house down. Uh, coaching is coaching. Coaching yeah. is coaching, absolutely. And just uh, now he, he can never put a PowerPoint together. Gardner's <laughs> not going to be able to do that. You'll have to do that for him. But uh, motivation and just what he does, uh, yeah. Uh, to have it in Fredericton is really cool. We're not talking about a coach in Winnipeg or mm -hmm. Vancouver or something like that. So and congratulations. And 490 career wins. Amazing. Amazing. Hall of Fame numbers. It it's clearly Hall of Fame numbers. 25 absolutely. points clear of second place Moncton. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To get 25 points in a season, Wild. probably yeah. get you into the playoffs. Yes. I didn't look at the standings, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, to be that many good. points clear, and the goal differential was just unbelievable as well. Uh, their semifinals, um, 23rd and 24th, the first two games they've announced, uh, the timing of those at the Aiken Center. So that's uh, Friday, Saturday, um, not this weekend, but the weekend after. Uh, high school hockey, nothing on the NBIA website, so can't help anybody with that. Um, high school hockey is just one of those mysteries. Uh, Stu Women's Volleyball, we've talked about right now, they're tied for fifth uh, with UNBSJ. Um, I think that's correct anyway, seven and nine. Uh, the 17th at two versus UKC, the 18th also at two versus Dally C, and that's the Don McKay retirement on the on the Sunday. UNB uh, Story Stu, uh, men's volleyball, eight and six in third. Uh, second, third, and fourth are close. They'll play HC in the playoffs. Uh, February 24th, um, February 17th versus Holland at 4 o'clock, and February 18th at noon versus St. Anne. Um, yeah, um, Sorry, I got myself confused there. Yep, that's <laughs> all, all good. Uh, and UMB women's volleyball, 10-8 and eight in the conference, fourth overall, Moncton's fifth, uh, waiting on a game um, on Valentine's Day tomorrow to determine uh, a final playoff berth. Uh, uh, there and they also have Moncton on at Moncton on the 16th, home to Moncton on the 17th. Uh, both games seven o'clock. UMB men's volleyball uh, semifinals are at Laval, the best I can tell, and that that is one difficult website Ooh. to navigate around. That RSEQ. RSEQ. Oh, there's so many divisions and so many things that are there. Good luck. Um, that I have I struggle with that one a lot. Uh, UMB women's basketball, 14 and four, second place, and I think 10th now ranked in the country. I thought I saw today, uh, Wednesday the 14th at Acadia, finish at home on Saturday versus Acadia. So a couple games left with Acadia to figure out where they're going to fall in the standings. Uh, men's basketball also has Acadia on the same dates. They're eight and ten, tied at 16 points with Acadia and Cape Breton. They are. They need some wins to guarantee that they're going to get to the playoffs on the men's uh, basketball side there. Uh, Stu men's basketball, 12 and two, first place now, seventh, can cross out my, my notes last night, I had eights written down, now seventh in CCAA. Uh, Crandall on February 14th, uh, uh, women at six, men at eight. Uh, Saturday, they're at MSVU, and Friday the 23rd, eight o'clock for the men, six o'clock for the women, Mount A. Saturday the 24th, I've got five o'clock and seven o'clock. 
uh, versus Holland College, just to keep me on my toes and figure out what I should show up at the gym. It's either two and four or five and seven. Is a, it's just an odd time. Make sure uh, everybody brings a Valentine's Day uh, cards for Coach Ecky tomorrow too, right? Oh yeah, then, well it should be sympathy cards after the after, after the, 40, the 49ers, shouldn't they? Uh, Stu women's basketball five and eight in fifth, so they're they're I think uh, okay in the conference because Crandall uh, hasn't hasn't won yet this year. They've been really close that uh, tomorrow's game. I think Crandall's got a shot at that if they can just make some outside shots. Of course, Tommies are hoping that they don't make those outside shots and, and everything goes well. Uh, high school basketball, uh, what an incredible weekend it just was for sectionals. Um, the only Fredericton area teams left are the Leo Hayes girls, which is great for them. They play Trimble Friday night. They, they play Trimble, go back to KV for, for the... Uh, um, for sectionals, uh, FHS boys are out. Harvey single-A girls won their regional, so they're hosting sectionals. That was, uh, I guess, a minor upset based on the seeding, uh, at the very least, there uh, for high school hoops. So that's the local sports scene. Brad, did I miss anything? Probably not, knowing you. Well, I'm, I know we don't have... <laughs> something. We know the curling coming up at some yeah, that's point. Right. I think that's oh, March. That's right, right. and uh, UNB won uh, the women's side. Okay. So Jenna Campbell, the skip, she's named Athlete of the Week there. So they're hosting CA, CCAA and uh, U-Sport uh, Curling at the Aiken Center. Yeah. Also mixed March. doubles, I believe. And mixed doubles, yeah, that's right. Just the uh, Canadian the not after, related yeah, to the right. university, but the week yeah, after. Yeah, so back-to-back yeah. weeks at the AUC are, are going to be hurry, hurry yeah. hard. And at the Capital, at Capital Club, Winter Club, I, I think, as well, yeah. too. So it could be another location for us. We, we there could you go. Get, yeah, live and direct. We could take late scratches on the oh, road I think again. so. We've been to the, already been to the Coulter Room, so we can go back and get a bird's yeah. eye view. We could. We yeah. could. That would be interesting. Anything else that you want to get in there, Brad? No, honestly, I... Uh, just a, a lot going on and, and a great time of year. So, uh, and, and feel bad for the organizers up in Plaster Rock too, having to yes, uh, cancel well, and, and having participated in that a couple of times. Mm-hmm. It is a phenomenal event, and uh, and I've known Coach Braun for a long time, and it's too bad that uh, they had to do it. But obviously, you get that many people and that much heavy equipment on the ice. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard to, to do safe. the pond hockey championships underwater. <laughs> underwater, no, no yeah. good. Yeah, but it's just uh, hopefully. Uh, you know, hopefully the the weather cooperates next year because that's a major tourism uh, marketing oh, effect up just, in, in yeah, that yeah, neck of the woods too. And, right? and for a part of the province that yeah, can really use that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, no question. So I'm ready for short snappers. Are you Fire ready away. For short snappers? Go ahead. I'm Put Megan right on the spot. <laughs> you should be. This well, is the first first one's easy. <laughs> Tea or coffee, and what's in it? Oh my goodness. Oh, it really depends on the time of day. And can I talk about it? Depends. Yeah, I'm already not ahead. doing no, rapid fire. Um, coffee right. in the morning. Uh, caramel or chocolate mint flavored uh, almond milk. Okay. And tea in the afternoon or evening because I can't do that much caffeine later in the day. <laughs> and my milk. Girls, milk. I drink it very British. One of my girls sent me out for spearmint tea. And so I'm at the grocery store looking at mounds of tea. Like I'm, I thought there was King Cole and Red Rose and that's it. <laughs> no, there's only like, King Cole. There's nothing else. <laughs> oh, nothing else? Tedley for the win. Oh, okay. I'm a King Cole, but I was shocked at how much tea options there are. So anyway, okay, good on you. You've got it nailed <laughs> yes. down. Um, and there, I couldn't find spearmint tea. No? Yeah, so okay. Well, you probably need to go to the specialty shop. Probably, that. yeah. Some they didn't give you those place instructions. Be. Yes. Uh, you're running late. And you've got that breakfast to go that you have to have because you're starving because you didn't eat the night before. What are you grabbing just to throw into the car? Oh, my goodness. If I, if I have to grab it to go, like an apple with peanut butter, maybe a piece of toast. But I'm a big breakfast person. I am an oatmeal girl Old through school. and through, like strawberries, hemp seeds, almond milk, peanut butter, the whole thing. That's the figure so skating, getting up at five Maybe, in the morning, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, I don't know what it is, but I, I love the love the fuel of a warm bowl of oatmeal and protein smoothie to go with it. Yeah, no, right. I, I, I need my breakfast. <laughs> um, so there's been a few recent new hires or new people in AD roles around the ACAA. Mm-hmm. I think they've all been women hires. Is that significant? Oh, absolutely. That's significant. It's so exciting to see um, some, some, you know, just new faces in general, but to have some representation as well. You know, when we were at those conference meetings back in December and looking around the room, the table looks different, I'm told, than it, it has in past years. Um, and it's just, it's nice to see, um, you know, some, some 
other women at the table, I think, you know, it'll lead to some interesting conversations. And uh, especially as we start to talk more about, you know, equity, inclusion and diversity and, and all kinds of different things to have um, multiple perspectives, I think, is, is hugely significant. It's so exciting. Like the Oakland A's or Las Vegas A's, whatever they are now, just announced a female uh, play by play. Uh, the professional women's hockey is, has been rocking. Amazing. This, like, it's unbelievable with the crowds and everything. So it's just, it's fantastic to see, finally. Yeah, and I mean, Long overdue. You and I, Brad, are heavily involved in the Maritime Women's Basketball Association. You, you even more so than myself. So we're big supporters of, of uh, you know, seeing that change and, and seeing women in, in those roles. It's it's important, and it's uh, it's uh, really really good to see. Yeah, yeah, and it's not about the people that we're replacing. Like, no, I'm no, not saying no, anything about no, that, but it's just about having new new perspective, perspectives and multiple perspectives, and opportunity for people who have not always had that opportunity. So, okay. so I may have already asked this question in a different form when I asked okay. you about tea or coffee. You you obviously you're really enjoying a role because you so, always so look like you're enjoying a role every time <laughs> I see you at every at every game. Where does your energy come from? Is it the caffeine? Is it somewhere else? I think I'm still running on just pure adrenaline for the last three and a half months. Um, I I really do. I thrive in a in when I'm busy, um, and this is possibly the busiest I've ever been in my life. Uh, between learning this new role that is is so complex and and just so much to it. Um, I also recently became the president of Sport New Brunswick, so I've been the president of Sport New Brunswick since last November, which has been uh, quite quite a, a big role. We're doing some really exciting things within in the province, uh, and I, I teach as well down at UMB. I teach a course in the Recreation and Sports Studies stream, so uh, in the winter semester, which is happening right now. Plus, you know, mom to a seven-year-old and uh-huh. trying to have a life outside of uh, all things sport, but um, I think that's what it is. That's where the energy comes from, is just knowing that there's always something really cool to do. Like, it's I, I, people have been asking me how I'm doing, and I I say like I am the busiest I've ever been, but I'm not stressed, which is a very new feeling for me uh, to not be Do stressed at all. Want, I'm, right? I'm, yeah, I'm just having so much fun with all of it. Like it's all so exciting, and it it, it comes out in how fast I talk, and just yeah, I don't know. Plus sleep, I get I try to get sleep when I can. <laughs> Do you get another question? I do. I, well, I'm fired up now because your energy's <laughs> got me ready to, you know, do play-by-play for tonight's game. So I'm all excited now. Uh, what do you have hanging in your office? Any artwork up yet? And what is finally? It? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Last week, I think I finally, um, finally got some things in. So I went, uh, yeah, I went three solid months without even a photo of my family uh, in there. And it was, it was my birthday recently, and a girlfriend of mine heard this and actually took the time to print out photos and frame them for me because I was not Beautiful. finding the time to do that myself. So, uh, so uh, a photo of my family. A photo of my daughter. Um, I hung my diploma, my St. Thomas diploma. I can't find my UNB diploma. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so yeah, I got that hung. Um, And I just, uh, I found a really cool painting of, of the JBO that I've got up as well. Uh, And then very recently, um, Jeffrey Carlton, our our longtime um, associate vice president of communications recently retired. And he had hanging, hanging in his office, which he he gifted back to to athletics, which I have had hung in my office, um, shadow boxes with two, two letterman jackets one from football and one from hockey that were donated back in like a very long time ago and they're just really cool looking so i've got them kind of hanging in my office as well so finally starting to kind of personalize a little bit and and settle in it only took three months so yeah yes yeah yeah but it's uh it's it's it it makes the office just a a, a more homey place to be so yeah awesome um so just before we close any final thoughts or last words for your student athletes Oh man, just keep doing what you're doing, gang. We're killing it, and it's it's so amazing to kind of be part of everything that that they're doing. It's uh, whatever we can do to support. Happy to do it, and and just so excited to see everyone in action over the next uh, next few weeks, and and looking ahead to next year too to get the fall 